0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. This morning we finish up the, looking at our study of the book of Ruth by finishing out the book looking at Ruth chapter 4, verses 9 to 15. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witness this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilon's and Maelon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Maelon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. last week we left off with both Ruth and Boaz taking risks. They were trusting and obeying people and God. And we've also seen kindness throughout this story of Ruth. And we've seen loyalty throughout this story as well. Last week we saw Ruth taking that risk, going to Boaz to propose marriage, essentially. She could have been rejected, she could have been humiliated, she could have even possibly lost her life. But she took a risk because she trusted and she obeyed. Boaz also took that risk accepting Ruth's offer of marriage. He risked his reputation, he risked his business, his livelihood, but he was a man of honor and a man of integrity so he would do what was right. He knew what the law said about a widow, and he also knew that there was a closer relative than him that had the first right to marry Ruth. So Boaz takes a risk, and he says, I will marry you if this other closer relative does not want to marry you. And he goes, and not just making sure this person would marry Ruth, but it's part of the property of uh, the family as well. So this really shows how much of a man of integrity that Boaz was. It wasn't just a one-time good deed that he was doing or that he had done for Ruth or for Naomi. It was a, a lifetime His lifestyle, his characteristics, how he lived a life of honest and fair dealings with the people that he came into contact with. And that's how he got his reputation. So now he has to take a risk by asking this closer relative if he wants to buy Naomi's property as well as take Ruth as his wife. And that's where our lesson picks up this morning. Boaz is heading out to the city gate. Uh, Apparently, the city gate is where they conducted uh, business, or at least it was a meeting place for people to transact business during this time period. So Boaz heads out to this gate, and he sees this closer relative. And he addresses him as a friend. Boaz then goes and gets ten outers of the city. Now, according to God's law that we read back in Deuteronomy, only two or three witnesses were necessary for these proceedings, especially for judicial proceedings. You only needed two or three witnesses. But Boaz goes and gets ten men. Now, it's possible that this is simply some type of local tradition, local custom, local rule. I don't know. But it goes to show you that Boaz, once again, is a man of integrity. He could have just brought the required two or three men, and it could have been, you know, he could have stacked the deck. He could have known two or three people that were going to vote in favor of him, so to speak. You know, they might have owed him something, or they might have been his buddies, or whatever it was. It wouldn't be hard to find two or three people to do that. But to find ten people that are going to be like that, would be difficult, but Boaz does. He goes out and he gets 10 of the elders, 10 men, because he is a man of integrity and he does not want any misunderstanding to occur about this transaction. So Boaz informs, after he gets the 10 men, he informs the closer relative and the the 10 men are there listening about the situation. He says, Naomi needs to sell the the family land because obviously she can't work it. She has no sons and no, no grandchildren either. And she needs to eat, so she can't work the field. She doesn't have money to buy food, so she needs to sell the field to get some money. And that's the plan, but there's a stipulation attached to that. See, that land would go to her children if she had it. And she doesn't have any children, but she does have a daughter-in-law from her dead son. So the stipulation is, whoever buys this land must also marry Ruth. Again, Boaz is taking a risk here. Because this closer relative, he could buy the land and take Ruth in marriage. And Boaz would miss out. So he's taking a risk. But he does what is right. And he leaves the results up to God. He has faith that things will turn out the way God wants them to turn out. If he does what he is supposed to do. And Boaz shows respect. He shows respect for this friend by by this closer relative, by calling him a friend, coming to him and giving him the whole story about what is going on. And he shows respect for Ruth. He could have just sold off the property, you know, or he could have just bought the property, given Naomi Ruth the money, and that would have been that. But he was looking out for Ruth's best interest. And not only just Ruth, but her late husband as well. Because he said... He wants his name to continue on. And that's with the first child that they do have. It carries on Mahalan's name, not Boaz's name. So he truly is a man of integrity. And at first, whenever he goes to this closer relative, he says, yeah, sure. I'll buy the land, you bet. But then he finds out, oh wait, I have to marry Ruth too? He's no longer interested. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. He says, I don't want to marry Ruth. And his reason was for his children. Because he already has children, this closer relative. And if he were to buy this land and marry Ruth, and probably have children with her, then the whole inheritance thing gets mixed up. And he's got to split up some land of his with this kid with Ruth, and with his, with his kids from this other wife. And he doesn't want to do that. Now, it kind of sounds like a selfish reason to us. But it was really God's way of protecting Ruth. This guy could have married Ruth. He could have bought the land. He could have married Ruth. And it's very possible that he could have treated Ruth very badly. Maybe even abusively. So he decides he does not want to buy the land. He does not want to marry Ruth, so the close relative tells Boaz, you're free to buy the land, I give up my right, you're free to marry Ruth as well. And they confirm the deal by uh, the custom of the day was uh, taking off the sandal and giving the sandal to the other person in the party. So Boaz exercises his right, he buys the land, he marries Ruth, in front of the ten witnesses. And the witnesses then not only confirm the transaction, not only do they agree that everything was on the up and up, everything was legal, it was by the book, but they actually give a wonderful blessing to Boaz and to Ruth. And when you're reading the book of Ruth, you don't really necessarily catch the blessing. But as you continue reading through the Bible, we know that Boaz and Ruth, had a son together named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. And Jesse had a son named David. And of course, that, was, that leads through the Messianic line, as we know, right down to Jesus. So they were indeed blessed by God. Boaz did what was right even though it could have cost him a lot. He was a man of his word. Many people today do not live by their word. They say one thing, but they do another. They do not have the integrity like Boaz has, or they compromise their integrity that they do have. And we are a world, we are a nation, it seems like, of compromise. We Rather than standing up for what is right, oftentimes we compromise with what is wrong. Our politicians especially, they say one thing to get elected, but then oftentimes they do something completely different once they are in office. And usually people do this because they're only looking out for themselves. They're only looking at some type of gain that they will receive or some benefit that they will get. Sometimes people compromise just because of peer pressure or just going with the flow, just going with the crowd. And that's very dangerous. You know, I think so often that we are a society today that we don't really think for ourselves. Maybe, yes, maybe we do read the paper Maybe we do watch the news and maybe we get irritated or we get surprised by things we read or see, but do we really think about what that journalist is writing or saying on TV? Or even, you know, a lot of times they interview, again, politicians. Do we really listen and hear what that politician is saying and really think about it? Or do we just accept? what they say. And that's part of it. We're not a thinking society anymore. We don't have our own thoughts. We don't think about things as much. And that tends to lead us into compromise. But integrity is really being honest with others, but it's also being honest with yourself. It involves following through on your commitments, much like Boaz did. And part of that integrity is knowing your weaknesses, and in sharing them with others, and encouraging them to help you to be accountable for your actions. And that's one of the things I know with the, um, you know, the, the 12-step kind of programs, Alcoholics Anonymous, or uh, things like that. Once you're in the program, they want you to get a sponsor, and they are there to hold you accountable or to help you stay off of drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. None of us are perfect, that is for sure. But being people of integrity means confessing when we are wrong and asking for forgiveness. And if we're willing to do that, of course the opposite is true as well. We need to forgive others who have wronged us and not hold a grudge against them. Integrity is speaking the truth, even if the truth might hurt sometimes. But it builds trust. It builds credibility. And as Christians, we need to be people of integrity. But make no mistake about it, it is indeed difficult in this world today to maintain your integrity and to maintain your honesty in this fallen world. And especially when the choices are tough and the consequences of our actions could be huge. But when we are dealing with people, we as Christians must do the right thing. We must act honestly in our dealings. And we must be up front with people. This is how Boaz was. This is how Christ was. This is how Christ is. We need to trust God. Ask for His help in our lives every day. Ask Him to guide us to the things that He wants for us. It won't always be easy, but it will be right. We need to ask Him to make us people of integrity and ask us to hold us accountable to those things that He asks us to do. And when we fail, And that's what we need to think about this week as we prepare for Thanksgiving. Yes, we are very thankful for so much that we have in this world. But think about the things that you do have and how you have used them, or maybe you haven't used them for God. And think about our dealings with others. Have we been a blessing to others? Have we maintained our integrity? Have we done what we said we would do? And that's what we can think about this Thanksgiving. Think about how we can be faithful to do what is right. To trust God with the results. That's what Boaz did. That's what Ruth did. And many other biblical characters as well. Is that what we do? Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful illustrations of of normal people living out their, their faith each and every day of their lives. We ask for your forgiveness when we do not fully trust you and try to do the things that you want us to do our own way. We ask that you continually remind us so that your way is best and guide us as we make decisions and help us to do what is right. Help us to be people of integrity so that you may be honored and you may be glorified through us. Amen.